Utter fear was stirring in my belly, a roiling soup of dread for the future and hatred for the present. What had I done to deserve this? What had any of us done to deserve this? Was this something that could be deserved at all? I didn't think so. And then I calmed down. The Colossus was walking in the opposite direction. I could feel the earth trembling under its treads even from so far away. I could taste the malignant stain of its acrid breath in the air. But it was not walking towards me. I had some time, it seemed, even if that time was here in the highest of hells. I used that small portion of time to calm the queasiness in my stomach. I was not going to die. Not yet. No doubt they were organizing evacuations already, if not by the government, then by private citizens. And even if I did not manage to board one of the escape ships, what was the likelihood that the giant would seek me out? It, it despised us, that much was true. It searched after our marvels with the surgical precision of one endowed with a wicked intelligence. So it stomped on the houses, the skyscrapers, the air pads, but it was one beast. So it carved the soil into a rancid reflection of the abyss. But there was much soil left. Aye, much soil on a planet much, much larger than the abomination. And then I thought of something. It was odd that I hadn't figured it out before. How was the thing bipedal? No doubt the strain of gravity on its legs was too much for it to survive, let alone walk without collapsing down to the ground in a dramatic fashion. Normal organic material could not compose such a structure. Every time it tried, the monstrosity compressed itself into an oblate spheroid, devoid of purpose but to drift through the radiation of the cosmos. It was a trick of man, wasn't it? Or an alien. But then who and why? And why was I bothering to answer these questions now? I needed to leave, somehow. Uh, there, these, there weren't going to be any ships en route, at least none that I could catch a ride on. After all, even if there were great selfless heroes among the stars, they would only arrive in a couple of days. Any ships that still resided on the planet were no doubt already being stocked to go skyward, their helms staffed by rich and selfish private interests. Or perhaps one or two would accept refugees. No. I risked too much by remaining on the surface. Yet I still knew somewhere that I could go. Underground. Surely the tremors that the beast left in its wake would be hell to suffer through, but any well-made bunker could take a Richter scale of eight or above, right? And Alp had one of those back in his place. We were close. Once. I had plenty of credits for when government forces came to evacuate us, and he was the lunatic who had the bunker and the food. We'd been friendly once. Why couldn't we be friendly again? There were... <laughs> there were obvious answers to that, but I would deal with those later. I had to get to Alp's place. There was nowhere else I could consider to go. There is little stranger than trotting through a place that has been utterly destroyed. Generally, when you think of ruins, you see them slowly moldering away, victims of nothing more than time or neglect. Or perhaps you think of them as shells of their former selves, nothing more than the edges, the walls remaining. And then there was this wasteland of destruction. 
rubble here, there, everywhere. Nails trying to stab my foot everywhere I trod. I had to keep looking down to avoid needing a tetanus shot, and then I had to immediately look back up to make sure my face didn't smack into a random pipe that was just sticking out of the concrete. I had to be quick. I had to be slow. I had to not be confused by the fact that the street signs were either gone, or had been knocked briskly into the middle of the rubble mix. I also had to ignore the itch in the back of my head that even the few street signs that I did find might not guide me back to his place, because they could have come from anywhere. Poisonous dust was in the air, and I had no gas mask. There was so little time, and I could not afford to weep, or be confused, or any other manner of things I felt I ought to do in such a situation. But come on. You spend your entire life in a city, and then just one day, gone. From the thing that defined your life to a wasteland that would define your death. From a place with markers of distinction to a nightmare with none. From order to chaos, the total unweaving of memory. I wanted to hate it. My heart certainly did. It was pumping blood around my body so fast I could feel a distinct pressure in the back of my eyes. But my mind. Besides putting one foot in front of the other, I didn't really know what to think. How could I? My mind, my memories, all of them were defined by distinction, by a place that no longer existed. I had myself. I had my animalistic urges. But that was only a small portion of my being. My job, my friends, my home, all of my possessions, the things I had toiled so dearly for. I could not find traces of them even if I had tried. But I was still here, uninjured, as long as the dust did not corrupt my lungs too much. It was all just so... surreal. Eventually I stumbled upon the drainage canal. It was the one and only one landmark I recognized. I guess it survived because it was built into the ground with such intent as it became the ground. But I knew what site I was on, and I knew where to go from there. East. East along the sea of concrete and barbed wire, to the more rough side of a town that no longer existed. Hope fluttered in my heart, even as the thundering footsteps of the beast returned. It was coming back. What was this beast? Its shape seemed to change from moment to moment, its legs extending and retracting as it crossed the horizon. Only two features were clear from it. One, it was really catastrophically big, like marvel of engineering big. And two, it was damn hard to see. Its hide was built of the slickest, richest black, like that of a raven. Were it not for a slight metallic glint, it would have looked as though the beast itself were devouring the light of the sun. But it was coming back. Each and every one of its steps caused a tiny disruption in the earth, as the soil shifted and settled. Had it heard me? Was its purpose to kill us, or was its movement random? Whatever the case, I, I couldn't care. I no longer looked at the ground for nails, or up at the air for pipes. I simply looked forward, thrusting one foot in front of the other, a bizarre, surreal serenity settling into my mind. 
Yes, I could die. Yes, this beast had slaughtered most everyone I knew, destroyed the place I alternatively loved and hated. Yes, this was ridiculous. Yes, it made no sense. But I had lived through the Shadow War, dammit, and I wasn't dying to some engineer's approximation of God. One foot in front of the other. One foot, steady breaths, blink, barely flinch as the barbed wire tears through my pants and draws a siphon of blood. One foot in front of the other. The garden. Yes, the azaleas, he had always had them. Crushed and devastated, but their blossom of color was unmistakable. It was his place, this pile of rubble. The ground shook as though angry with the insolence I had at staying alive. The beast had ten legs now, each crushing a portion of the sky. But this was the place. The kitchen had been in the left portion of his house. There was only minor rubble sitting on top of the latch. No key, just shuffling debris. Some pieces were half as large as my body, solid steel and wood, but I was living, damn it, I was living. No beast in the sky was going to tell me otherwise. I freed the last bit of debris from the latch and flew myself in, just as the debris around me started to rattle. There was no light. No light in this damn massive staircase of his. I got my powder in my pocket and lit its flashlight, and then promptly dropped it on the ground as the air around me shook with frustration at my existence. Bless my lucky stars, there was no damage. At least, not yet. If the beast stepped directly on the door, I could only imagine that the hallway would shatter. But he was always one for covering all of his tracks. There would be alternative routes out, air ducts that would keep us from asphyxiating. And there would be plenty of food and quiet and no colossi. But those were thoughts I needed to put out of my mind, at least for the moment. Any portion of my mind that wasn't concentrating on landing my feet on each alternative step was a portion of my mind that I needed to censure. The staircase was, of course, damnably long. So long. It never felt so terribly large when I'd walked down in times of, well, times of not being chased by whatever it was. But now, there couldn't have been less than a thousand steps deep, deep underground. The air started to shudder. It was almost here. It knew where I was going, and it was going to try its damnedest to make sure I didn't take another breath. Why? Didn't matter. It was a monster. That was it. But I was almost there. Almost. There was the door. A sleek gray thing. It was mercifully unlocked. I popped it open with all the vigor left in my exhausted body, just as I could hear the tumbling and crumbling of cement above. Stale air. Dim light. Pure ecstasy. I was free. No, not free. Safe. But those two things were the same to me in the moment. I closed my eyes and wept for joy. I would have kept going until I noticed a sound. No, not the sound of rumbling cement. The smaller chunks were already jammed up high enough in the passageway, and nothing else was going to come crumbling down. No, the behemoth could no longer threaten me. The sound. A creak. The purr of the ventilation system. 
another creak. The creaks were listening to the fan just as keenly as I was. I thought about what I'd seen when I'd entered. I'd been so delirious and out of breath that I hadn't processed it properly. But he hadn't greeted me. No words were being said, which was... I opened my eyes. There he was. There was the creaking. I was alone. The ecstasy of my safety wore off in under a second. He didn't smell yet, but that didn't leave at all. I mean, how do you even... Why? Why now? Why build a bunker for safety if you were going to... Why? Damn it, why? The rope didn't listen to my complaints. Nor did he. Dead ears are notoriously bad listeners. Why? Why was the question? I dragged myself across a desecrated, devastated hellscape that had until just recently been home. I'd survived. I'd found a piece of solace. And then in just one more second, I found that my best friend had hung himself. Why? Why was always the question. I said out of fear, out of anger, out of confusion, and most alarmingly out of curiosity. But I only asked it for myself, for my purposes. I asked why, because I couldn't just live in a hole with a corpse. I mourned his death not because I felt for his pain or anything like that, but because I wanted someone to chat with to, to pass the time. His corpse was fresh, at least. It didn't stink. It was easy to untie and shove into one of the many cabinets that lined the main room. I had to move some plates and board games around, and of course the entire process stank, but I wasn't just going to leave him hanging there. Literally. <laughs> Good lord, is, is that where that phrase comes from? But <laughs> it was very clear that he'd done it to himself. I know, I know, you usually expect that from suicides, that they're self-inflicted, but, but today wasn't a usual day, where what you expected could be taken at face value. A colossus had nearly turned me into meat paste, which was strange. How much less strange could it have been for someone else to have killed him, to make it look like he killed himself? And what were the chances that the murderers were still around? None, as it turned out. I did the little kid thing of frantically ripping back curtains, peering uneasily into the shower, shakily turning my eye into the beds, and, well, you know, nothing. At least nothing in any space anyone could have hid. Just lots of books, papers, that sort of thing. And no secret exit. A ventilation system, yes, but one that was less than a meter across. Nothing I could have ever called through. I was trapped in a hole underground with the rotting corpse of my friend in a cabinet, a monster demolishing the surface, and no answers. But I was alive. Yeah. I couldn't change anything but the answers, but I dug through the cabinets, of course, for a radio to set up an aid beacon. 
That was simple enough, but there was no telling just how long that spider thing would be around, or if anyone would be able to get rid of it at all. But, you know, still, I had to do the things that could let me escape if escape was ever a possibility, because, good lord, that smell. Even when I shunted his corpse into the stairwell, everything was still touched by that rank odor of death. Thankfully, my nose adapted to the smell a little. I was able to eat, drink, and sleep, albeit with the usual difficulty one might have when you live in a corpse's house. You know, that kind of stress. But I spent every other hour looking for answers, pouring through the cabinets for something, anything. The paintings were all the same, reproductions of classical landscapes done back on Earth. Uninteresting. The books were almost all technical, besides a few trippy romances that I was surprised and ashamed he ever had an interest in, and was even more ashamed that I found myself reading in the dark hours before bed. The storeroom was the storeroom, the game room, the game room, the bedrooms, the bedrooms, the bathroom, a terrible shade of red that clashed with the gray aesthetic of everything else. All that was left to investigate were his notes, stacks upon stacks of them, most of them detailing his experiments with notation that I couldn't even dream of parsing. They were an absolute bore to sink my teeth into, but I ran over every word, hoping for some answers, some indication. And then I found it. Two weeks later, the smell of his rotting corpse having sawed itself eternally into my nose. A tiny ball of paper shunted into the right-hand corner of a cabinet in the kitchen. I unfurled the paper and immediately understood. A little. I saw it. That thing, that terrible thing. The Colossus, which had nearly killed me, drawn on blueprints in your perfect detail. Joints here, joints there, to collapse and change at will. A perfect design, after all. The only problem was the material. He never said where they got it from, or why they built it in the first place. Those things didn't matter. He never kept a journal to discuss his own personal qualms with the project, but when you wind up killing yourself, your opinions become perfectly clear. Poor bastard. Thought he could absolve himself of his mistakes by taking his own life. I wish it worked like that. I really do. If it did, I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't have to wait in a bunker for months by myself with nothing but technical journals and romance books. Grief and regret never solved anything, and it certainly wasn't going to absolve me. So I lived, until today, and now it's... I can't imagine it being gone, but it is, isn't it? Poor Sod. He could have waited. I, I would have lied for him. He could have lied for himself. Something. Anything else. But now there's nothing. Nothing left of this entire damn world but little old me. What a consolation prize.